Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. And uh, we're on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan. I'm John Goldman. And uh, we're also on WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. I am very happy to welcome to today's show Adrian White and Ann Campbell. Both are yoga teachers and uh, uh, their musical background, however, is conducting sound baths. And uh, they're going to tell us all about healing sound baths, how they work, uh, what kind of instruments are used. Looking forward to it. Okay, and we're back, and I have Adrian White and Ann Campbell in the studio with me. Uh, you know, so how would you describe uh, what what you're doing as in doing a sound bath? I mean, are you a musician doing a sound bath, or you, you know, how would you how would you describe that? That's a really good question. <laughs> okay. I am definitely not a musician. Okay. Um, it is more about healing and moving energy um, through individuals. So that's really the way that I look at it. Okay. All right. Uh, and so is it sort of an extension of um, being a sound healer? Is that a, that's a fair thing to say, maybe. Yes. Sound healer. Yeah. Okay, you know, great. We, I like that. Because we call them different things. You know, we call them a sound bath. Sound yeah. therapy, sound session. Um, I consider myself a sound healer because I'm a Reiki master as well. So I think the two go really well together. So what is a Reiki master? Mm. Uh, uh, it's a, we, <laughs> you could call it an energy worker uh-huh. as well. You know, it's about moving energy. It's hands-on healing. Um, and I went through uh, level one, level two, and the master level. But I believe that the energy from the Reiki as well as the sound really, really go well together, hand in hand. I've just been kind of curious about Reiki, and uh, from the things I've seen, the very limited ex- you know exposure I've had to it, it seems that um, someone who's doing Reiki on somebody will uh, uh, take their energy and uh, pass it through the other person's body. Is that kind of the kind of stuff that goes? I consider myself a conduit. If you think about a, a PVC pipe, uh-huh. and the energy comes in through, and it just channels through me i don't guide it or move it and in, in, in like in sound it's about intention yeah. and whatever the person is needing at that time so that's the way that i look at it is i'm more of a conduit or a vessel that it moves through wow all right well i do want to get back to that yeah, sure. but uh i did want to get a sense of you know how long you have each been doing sound healing and how you got involved with it uh adrian why don't you yeah, fill so. us in on that <laughs> I'll just follow up a little bit on what Anne was saying that um, definitely what we're providing is healing space. So as that conduit, as Anne was saying, it's like the person is actually doing their healing, right? We're Uh just holding that space for them. Uh So that's a really good way to look at it because we're not doing anything particularly to someone. We're allowing for this vibration, this energy movement and holding that space. So I think that's a really good way to look at it too. Yeah. Um, So I have, I'm relatively new to doing the sound baths. I started training um, in the, let's see, it was 2020. 
Um, we used to have a lot of people come to the collective, which is my yoga studio, to do sound baths and sound healing. And I always love to have them come and be a participant. And I've been participating <laughs> myself in sound baths and sound healing for um, quite a few years, at least 15 so I never really pictured myself as the one because I'm also not a musician and I never thought that would be really part of my life. So this is kind of like, a, I don't know, it's such a gift that has come through um, all of the, the things that have happened in the last couple of years, you know, and I realized like I might need to be providing this for my studio because a lot of people weren't traveling or, or um, you know, coming and doing their normal um, activities. So I found a teacher. Um, he's out of Chicago. His name is Simon J. And uh, his his business is called Harmonic Waves Healing. And he's a shaman. So he comes at it kind of from that um, idea of the moving of the energy and that healing um, in that in that way. So again, but it is about providing that space and the vibration, of course, is a real thing. So that vibration that's created through the, the striking of the instruments, particularly, I mean, all of them, but mm -hmm. the, the gongs and Anne and I both have a passion for these, these instruments. They're just absolutely amazing and beautiful pieces of art. Um, those are made out of metal. And you know, our, it's, so it's like electromagnetic energy waves that we're sending out. And your heart has that same electromagnetic energy. So the healing that takes place and the exchange you know, between the, the uh, heart space and you know, the instruments is pretty profound. So we've both seen just incredible things, whether it's individual, working with an, an individual one-on-one, -on -one, which we both do that, um, or these larger group meditations. I mean, right. the energy in, from the group is really a special thing, but yeah. Well, and just to uh, let our listeners know, uh, I went to a sound bath with the two of you both playing the drum, uh, the gongs and the crystal bowls and all that uh, just the other day. And that's what prompted um, this, this uh, radio show is that, uh, so, you know, the takeaway from it was just so profound and so interesting. And so I wanted to have you on the show. And thank you for both coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, so w so you've mentioned a couple times that the sound has an effect on healing. Is it the, the sound? So if, if it was recorded and you just played uh, you know, on your headphones, would it have the same effect? Or is it really just being in the room with these gongs moving you know, the air and the energy through the room? Is that what does it? Well, I think that certainly you can get vibration through um, speakers, speakers mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, it's not going to be the same exact thing. Obviously, there's going right. to be something that's taking place between the individuals and the instruments. That's um, that's really special. But I think we've all felt that. I mean, just think about when your favorite song comes on the radio. It can completely change your mood. Or right. if a sad song comes on the radio, how that can change how you're feeling. And so, um, you know, we, we also, another way that we talk about the sound is sacred sound. And so, you know, think about having these sacred instruments that are used for healing very intentionally. Um, we like to clear the space before. Um, I ha also have some Reiki training. I'm not a Reiki master, but I'm a, I'm a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, thinking about 
that intention behind the instruments creates a really powerful force for healing. So it is a literal thing. I mean, it's measurable scientifically, and they're certainly doing a lot of research now on sound waves. Um, One of the things I recently learned about is there's a program that's taking place now for uh, people with Alzheimer's where they actually get a prescription for these recliner chairs that have the sound vibration. Some of it's not even hearable by the human ear, Uh but it's still taking place. And so there's a physical thing that is happening to the body and they're actually seeing uh, benefit, you know, in, in, in little as 10 minutes a day, just sitting, sitting in these chairs. So I do have a, uh, um, a thing that's called a vibration station at the collective that you can come and lay on that is a similar idea that was made by Uh my teacher. Uh So super pleasant. You just lie down and relax and you know, you get that vibration, this vibrational wave. So it's real. Does standard music, um, you know, rock and roll or classical music, would it have a similar kind of healing effect or is it that, uh, you know, these particular instruments like the gongs and the crystal bowls and uh, those kinds of things, is, is that what, uh, is it the instrument that makes a difference? I'll give a brief answer, then I'll let Anne also, because she has done a lot of work with the therapeutics on sound. But there, there's something that's called Hertz that maybe people recognize uh-huh. the, that term. And so it is a certain vibrational wave that these instruments are tuned to or create. And the different Hertz um, vibrations correspond to different brain waves. And so absolutely, like the instruments are created to put you into a deep state of meditation and healing. So we know when we get into certain brainwave states that we are very relaxed. When we're very relaxed, there's no stress hormones. And when there are, you know, these feel-good hormones that are starting to come in and you go into that meditative state, that is where a lot of healing takes place. So that's my quick answer. I'm going to let Anne chime in. And I totally agree. I mean, it has to do with frequency. Um, Like, all of my bowls are 440. Come come a little closer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my bowls are 440. Uh, frequency and that seems to be uh, the good healing frequency. Oh, okay. But uh, it depends on frequency and hertz. It really mm-hmm. does. Does it? Does the um, uh, the note that's actually being played by the bowl or the gong or does that have an effect too? I mean, does that target certain Absolutely. chakras or anything? Absolutely. Like that? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's the whole scale and for each chakra, and the gongs because they have such a wide variety of frequency and and they're different from day to day because of temperature. Oh wow. If it's uh-huh. like my gongs sound really good when they're warm, and <laughs> when it's cold, it, they have it sound a little different. I feel so, kind of the same way. Yeah, Anne. that's true. Uh, <laughs> With winter right. coming, we all are. <laughs> So absolutely, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and you guys had plenty of gongs at the mm-hmm. sound bath that uh, I attended on Sunday. Um, what's the origin of all those gongs, and, and how did you choose them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, two of my gongs f- literally fell into my lap. Um, <laughs> a fellow sound healer on Facebook um, was commenting about her gong, and another person said, well, I think I'm getting rid of my gongs, and we connected. And this is a woman that's in her late 70s uh, up in New England, and she had 10 of these gongs, and she'd been a sound healer for 35 years. And wow. so we spoke on the phone, and because she just didn't want them going to anyone, and yeah. so when they're kind of like your children, 
and I eventually bought one and then the other, and I couldn't separate the two. <laughs> so that's how I got my first two, which are pasty gongs, and one is, they're considered planetary gongs, and one is sun, and one is sedna, which is water. Uh-huh. And then my third gong, again, I was visiting someone and in Florida, and she said, hey, you know, there's a friend that's wanting to get rid of her gong. And I had criteria for what I was looking for. I went and looked at it, and... That was my third gong. It, it fit your criteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted I'm, symphonic. This is a symphonic gong. It's uh-huh. a, and again, it's a pasty brand. Uh, so I love that gong. Yeah, it, it sounds, <laughs> when you say symphonic, it sounds like an orchestra to me more when you're playing it as opposed to the other two are much deeper. Uh-huh, okay. And so uh, the one you described before being a planetary bong, mm-hmm. gong, and how how is that different from a orchestral bong or symphonic gong? That is a good question. <laughs> there, I just know Pasty has planetary okay. gongs, and they're each one for the planters, and maybe Adrian has a better yeah. answer for that. Well, just that they are designed around a certain vibration mm-hmm. or tone. Um, for example, I have an earth gong that's my largest, one that had that super deep tone, yeah. and that's the one I use to create more of the wash with a more intense um, sound. And my understanding is that they, I mean, they're pieces of art. They're just incredible. And um, that they're tuned to those different frequencies of whether what the frequency that comes off of the sun or the earth. Oh, now I can't verify uh-huh. that and tell you 100 percent that that. But, but that is my under, yeah, that's my understanding. And the same thing with the chakras. You know, we know we can measure these vibrational energies coming off of anything. Everything is vibration. Yeah. Even a rock, which is incredibly dense and doesn't move, has a certain vibrational frequency to it. So since we are all vibrating, you know, and we're all vibrational beings, these things have ways of interacting with each other. And, you know, you feel that sometimes when you lay on, for example, in Sedona, you can lay on those red rocks and you feel something coming out of there. Everything is alive and vibrating, you know, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, as Anne described, these gongs really find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I have a similar story as she does. So I had been researching what types of gongs that I wanted to buy. And I, uh, in my search, I found this company called Tone of Life. And it's a group of people out in Spain. And they have a center out there where you can go and do like nine day immersions and play all of the instruments. And they were just absolutely beautiful. So I went to, you know, see if I could order some of these. And the cost is pretty legitimate. It's worth the trip. (laughs) You know, it's they're not cheap, is what I'm trying to say. So I I had thought, well, maybe I'll just buy one small one because this is really the brand I this is the one I want. Uh These are the ones that I want. And so um I just put that kind of intention out there and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait and think on it and then maybe I'll just purchase one small one to start because that was all I could afford. And then um just like we know, there's a Facebook group for everything. <laughs> there's a Facebook group for for gong sales as well. So um, a couple days later, I saw a post on there that somebody was selling three Tone of Life gongs. Oh, wow. And they're be, pretty be, unusual to the see. to Spain? Or? No, no, no. I didn't go to oh, Spain. Oh, you didn't actually I, go No, I'm Spain. just saying that's where oh, they come they from. They do have yes, that opportunity. Yeah. That yeah no, that, yes, exactly. This is the company. So they're really okay. into this. You know, yeah. just, they're all passionate, I think, these gong makers. Um, you know, some of them, like, I think the ones from Tone of Life, they're signed by the artist, you know. Oh, oh, wow. um, but anyway, it, it 
it just was crazy that two days later I see this and I end up talking to the guy on the phone for about an hour and I actually drove overnight to Savannah <laughs> to pick, <laughs> oh to pick these gongs up. <laughs> so they kind of find you, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Uh, how are they made? Are they of a particular kind of metal or are they a mix of metal alloys? What goes into the gongs? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it depends on the company, but definitely yeah. this these mixed metals. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not really highly skilled to talk about that, but definitely I've read the information and they talk about the different mix of metals and the things that they use. So I'd have to do a little bit more digging in to give like a better answer, but they're definitely, you know, this is a, I think a passion. You read about the people who start the companies and they're just passionate about the work that they do. Um, Ann and I, I told the story on yeah, Sunday was, at the, gonna at the gong bath, yeah. but you know, we, so just Ann and I have, we've done sound baths together and it's such a joy. It's just so amazing to work with somebody else who has such a healing heart and is just such a beautiful person. So I really get excited when we're going to, to work together. So I was looking forward to our sound bath coming up and I'm like, I need to, I need to get a, a new gong. I want to get a new gong for this. And I had my eye on one, um, from a certain company different from the one I originally had purchased from. And I just said, I'm just going to go ahead and get this for my Christmas present. So I ordered it, and then I sent Anna a message, and I'm like, I may have ordered a new <laughs> gong for our gong bath. And she's like, wait, what? I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it turned out that we both ordered gongs within one day of each other without knowing from the wow. same company. How did you? And it well, was, and it was yeah. this really very special company. It's yes. Grata Sonora in Italy, and they're all handmade, and they're made very differently than the other gongs that we have. So, H- just, how so? What's different about them? Well, first of all, they're very heavy, uh-huh. even for small. They're much thicker. Thicker, yeah. Um, and in the, my pasty gongs, I do not hit them in the center, which is considered the heart. And in these, you can. The tone is actually in the center. Oh, um, okay. They're they're yeah. incredibly beautiful, and and they are pieces of art. Um, yeah. front and back that, so, the one that Anne got is called the blue sun, sun and it's just incredibly beautiful and I have never heard a, a gong make the sounds that come out of that gong I mean it is insane it almost sounds like but a didgeridoo it's, when you hit it really? it's, so, wow. it's crazy it's, yeah. I mean it, it needs to be experienced yeah. <laughs> and a didgeridoo is a different kind of instrument that I've totally. seen sound baths and that's just a long long almost like branch right. hollowed out yep and and uh, uh, someone who knows how to play it will blow through it, and they can keep that tone going, or they can keep that sound going by, and they can breathe in between and keep pushing the air out, like yeah. through their mouth kind right. of thing. I heard they're it's, very difficult to. Oh, it to looks play. impossible. I, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. It's yeah. a wild instrument. So yeah. I, we we have um, actually on. January 29th, we have a couple who's coming and they're bringing two other musicians with them to do a sound bath at the collective. Um, and he plays the didgeridoo. And so they've been a couple times to the collective before, and he goes around with this giant, you know, instrument yeah. and it's very I don't know how to explain it. It's deep. It's primal. Some people really do not like it. Yeah, exactly. Some people love it, and some people are, like, wiggling and moving. Really? Yeah, and the thing is is that not we know we don't love every single sound that we hear, right? right? And the same holds true in a sound bath. Some of the sounds may not be your favorite, but those 
things that kind of trigger us a little bit. We learn that in yoga too, right? Yeah. The things that kind of make us feel a little squirmy or uncomfortable might be a hint that it's doing something to either break up something that's stuck or working into, you know, some kind of energy pattern that maybe needs to um, be looked at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's yeah. an interesting. If you want to experience that, come check it out because I've never I've never seen anyone else play it and it's quite quite interesting. It, it really <laughs> is. I'm sure you know, just about anyone might be able to blow through it and get that sound once, but the amazing thing is to be able to have it just continue to uh, make a sound even in between breaths. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I found to be amazing. Um, so it sounds like different, and no pun intended, but it, <laughs> different sounds have different effects on different people. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like not everyone's going to respond the same to the same sound. Absolutely. And in different parts of the body. And mm-hmm. everybody right. be different. And mm-hmm. so is it the, uh, well, okay, so I want to back up also uh, with the gongs. There's multiple sounds that you can get from a single gong. Mm-hmm. You can use different mallets. To, and you yeah. demonstrated this, and so. Yeah, there's so many different mallets. I mean, a lot of people just have one mallet, but the more variety you have of mallets brings out a different tone. And then probably hitting or um, even connecting with different parts of the gong Absolutely. are going to end up making yeah. different sounds. Well, on the pasty gongs ha- are like dimples throughout yeah. the whole gong. So you hit it more toward the rim, it's going to have a different sound as opposed closer to the center. And you can actually hit the rim, which comes makes a different sound as well. So it's not just like uh, you have a C gong or a D gong. No. And that may be why it's, it's um, identified as you know with a planetary right. name or... Um, mm-hmm. you know, some, some fuller, uh, name to it right? because, um, it, it does so much more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, perhaps, do you know why, like, for instance, they call it the earth gong? Is it make sounds that are, um, you know, put in, put you in touch with like the, you know, the cycle of earth? Yeah. I believe uh, that. Uh, I believe well, that. Yeah, and like that. the earth gong has a really deep yeah. tone. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking like, you know, lower, lower vibration in that sense, right. Deeper tone. Um, and, and then other ones will have, you know, like the sun gong that Ann say. has and my sun gong have that similar. It's crazy that the bright high sound that comes out of that really feels very, yeah. you know, my, uh-huh. this blue sun, you, which, you both have sun gongs? Well, mm-hmm. I actually, have, there's Blue Sun, the one uh-huh. that we got from Grotto Sonora, right. which sounds like the didgeridoo. And then I have the pasty sun gong, which has, to me, a much deeper tone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the the sister to that is Sedna, which is water. And that has a lot, even though it's deeper, it's still lighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, it, it plays differently. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, when they, do you have any idea how they make these gongs? I mean, do. Honestly, I don't, I don't know okay. enough to talk about that. I mean, I have yeah. some idea about the, you know, the, the molds and then the hammering because they do it have. It looks like they hammer out. Yeah, absolutely. It but out with hammers. the colors that, you know, that particularly the Grotta Sonora has I don't know how they create those colors. Believe me, I, I have a lot more to learn, and I'm excited <laughs> like every day to learn more. Um, and that they call they have a thing that's called gong mapping, right? Like you work with your gong and you map different points on it that uh-huh. have different tones and sounds. So even with the same gong, you know, you can work on mapping to find out where are the lower tones, where are the sweeter tones. But then the temperature, the day, the energy right. in the room. Sometimes, like we looked at each other a few times on Sunday, we were like, 
what is this sound that is coming out of this <laughs> gong? I've never heard it before. <laughs> so we're also blown away. You know, yeah. you guys are laying there relaxing with your eyes closed and Anne and I are looking at each other like just, you know, mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, so, so when they're making the gongs, do you know if they start out with the intention of like, okay, I'm going to make a sun gong now, or I'm going to make an earth gong now, or do they sort of get to that part at the end of I mean, I think the... it's got to be intentional, but we need to get a, a gong yeah. maker yeah, on this program <laughs> so he can, he and she, or she can answer all your questions. All right, okay. I'll move on. Uh, the, and there's uh, many other instruments that you guys had on mm. Sunday. It, you know, it's like I came out of this, uh, um, out of the, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but you, you meditation, this, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you you kind of get up and you wake up and you look around and uh, all of a sudden two hours have passed and you look around and I looked around and there were instruments all over the place that I hadn't even noticed when I first walked in, yeah, bowls and glass, uh, crystal, you know, almost um, they, some of them look like the kind of like old time. Uh, cake covers yeah practitioner yeah bowls. yeah yeah. Practitioner okay. bowls. yeah 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 there's so many fun things and you know um i i always have an intention you know starting out on what i want to kind of bring energy wise to the sound bath and of course ann and i do the same thing together when we work together mm-hmm. so we had an uh, intention around the solstice Right, um, which by today, today Today's is the winter solstice. Happy winter solstice. It's all uphill from here. That's yeah. right. Plant the seed <laughs> for what you want. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we are definitely planting seeds before we sit down, but then there's a certain amount of just letting go that happens. But of course, around the holidays, you know, our intention, we had these nine, nine amazing gongs. Yeah. Was that what it was? Nine, 10, wow. something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we definitely had a, a gong heavy intention. We wanted to honor and, and showcase these beautiful instruments um, that we get to, you know, when we were together, it's just amazing. Um, but we also wanted to bring some of that quality of a little bit of the the settling into the dark, you know, and then the bells. We had a, a strong intention to include a lot of bells and chimes um, to create that little magical atmosphere for uh-huh. winter and the holidays. So, you know, we come in with an intention, um, and then we, you just have to play, you know. Right. Did you have it <laughs> planned out in any way? Did you kind of map out, you know, okay, we're going to do yes, these so things. Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. We, we have a, a starting point in which we right. start and then it just free for all after free, that. And it's, after it's really it, different it, every time. It truly is. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. we start out one way and then all of a sudden something else going. is happening. And it is so great to do this with Adrian because she just feels it and we just do it. Yeah. It, it, there's no thinking, you know, she uses my instruments. I use, use hers and yeah. it, it's just, it's very easy. Yeah. Very easy. And, to it, do it. and you know, if Anne is doing something that's amazing and she's like kind of starting to stop, I'm like, no, 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 no keep going. And yeah. she does the same thing to me. I'm like, you want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just, we, we're paying attention to each other too. And if something really magical is happening, you know, we're like, just keep doing that yeah. for a while. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It's bringing me the story. I don't know if you remember the story about the vibration from the, the sound on the box. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. That's okay. right. So I we noticed were, that. So we were in the it. middle of the sound bath and all of a sudden I hear this, rattling and as a sound person I'm like that should not be there and I am there's this 
uh, chest, if you would, metal with metal hinges on it. And Adrian was playing this beautiful uh, crystal bowl, and the vibration was so strong <laughs> that it was rattling the hinge on this box. Yeah, and yeah. so it was, which it just, just goes to show you how strong these vibrations, vibrations are. are. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah they that's, are. that's and, a good point. And if and that's it, doing it to the metal on the box. Yeah, and think about what it's doing it to yourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about a sound bath or a sound wash, and, you know, a lot of times they say visualize a wave of sound coming over you. And just recently I was reading an article about we really need to visualize uh, like a kaleidoscope because it's changing at the cellular level, and it changes the cells in just different geometric shapes, so like a kaleidoscope, and if you're turning it. And that's what actually happens with the vibrations in your body. Oh, okay. I actually just saw a really cool article, and I clicked on it, but, you know, it was one of those ones I didn't have time to read the whole thing, so I'm just going to give a little, you know, highlight. But basically, they took water which obviously were made up of a lot of water and they played different sounds. And that reminded me when you said the kaleidoscope, because mm-hmm. what happens to the water is that it turns into this like incredible, almost like envision a snowflake or a mandala, but it's got yes. these different colors in it. So depending on what, depending your, on what tone the tone is, and the mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. So or like what instrument even. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So um, I, I didn't, like I said, I just glanced at it, but I was like, oh, it's safer that to read like later. Really but fun yeah. Thing to try just, to, yeah. Try I mean, just think about studio. that. Like There's it's amazing. Some really great videos out there of instruments and uh, you can put a drum underneath a metal uh, sheet, if you will, and then they put sand on it and then they oh, change uh-huh. the frequency of the speaker underneath and the sand moves. Oh, yeah. Into yeah, different I've seen, seen that, that one. That is what's happening in our bodies. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> but, uh, really you know, is. obviously a speaker is is limited. You, you know, you're, um, it's, it's coming through just that cone. Right. Uh, it's not surrounding like a gong sound might be or mm-hmm. a bowl sound might be, but that yeah. would be a really fun thing to kind of check out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm just assuming that everyone listening knows what a sound bath is, but, uh, and I do, but, uh, why don't, uh, why don't you describe like what happens, especially a group one where, you know, well, I'll just say briefly that, uh, showed up to the collective in Benton Harbor and there were 30 mats out there. You had a big crowd <laughs> a and, uh, you know, some pillows for everybody and, and uh, people bring their own blankets and stuff, and, and they kind of get comfortable because they're going to be lying there very still for a couple hours. And, um, and, and then you have eye masks or uh, um, eye pillows so that, uh, you know, there's no light and you can just, you know, be within your own head while this music is playing. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, you um, give kind of a little opening and help people understand what to expect and... And that kind of thing. Am I missing anything? I mean, is it, there's... <laughs> nope, you got it. <laughs> yeah, really, you just have to lay down and relax, and that's pretty much it. Because the instruments are going to be doing um, all of the work, you know. So it really is to go into a deep state of meditation. That's why you can be there for two hours, and at the end, go wait. How, what happened? What yeah. happened? Because you yeah. are putting meditation really is a brainwave state. So mm-hmm. what you're progressively going into as, you know, the, the sound unfolds, you relax more deeply and you're vibrating is going into this meditative state. 
And what happens there, you know, I mean, what happens when you meditate? We know it's very healing. You know, where do you go? We don't know. You know, like, <laughs> do, we, do we, yeah, we go on a journey and maybe you're on your little magic carpet ride, you know, going through the universe, <laughs> or maybe journey. you're even communing with your source energy, yeah. you know, in the collective consciousness. So it really depends, you know, how willing you are to let go. Um, and how, you know, how deep that you go. Yeah. So you can get all the way to Delta for sure, you know, in these sound baths. That's why it's like, you can hear everything and be somewhat conscious, but also as if you've been in this deep sleep and have no idea what has just transpired. When you say Delta, uh, what do you mean by that? Oh, the, the Delta brainwave state. So Delta is what we get to in a deep state of meditation. Um, and it's also where you are in deep dreamless sleep. So it's incredibly healing. Um, and it's not so easy to get to Delta in meditation. I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've been meditating for many years and I still squirm around and, you know, then the dog is running over and the kids <laughs> are banging the front door. And, um, but so the Delta waves, you know, are what you would ideally work towards in meditation where you're just there present, but you have no sense of time. You don't need to move. You're connecting, you know, with the universe or however you want to put it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's challenging on, you know, in our daily life to do that. But certainly, um, in the, the sound baths, you have the opportunity to go really deep. So I'm not saying you're going to get to Delta necessarily, but you have that opportunity to go into that deep meditative state. And that is incredibly healing as is when we have those time periods at night when we sleep in, in Delta. And what kind of healing is accomplished by like a sound bath? Oh my gosh. I mean, it really is a huge, um, amount of things. So I'll speak briefly, then I'll let Anne also answer. Um, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, they're using sound therapy now in so many different things, particularly brain healing, brain injuries, um, you know, old scar tissue, you know, old injuries can get, you can feel like some of that breaking up and like, if, if you have a really tight shoulder and an old injury there, I mean, you can feel like something happening, loosening, you know, changing. There's the mental emotional piece, mm-hmm. you know, that um, you can work through because you're going into the sub and unconscious mind layers um, in these in these brainwave states. So, I mean, honestly, there it's the sky's the limit. I mean, you can really affect great change through these instruments. So. Yeah, it's, it runs the gamut. And we, in private sessions, we also use tuning forks. Uh-huh. And those are used directly on the body. So if you have a physical issue, you can put the tuning fork and the vibration comes through on that. But uh, I think Adrian covered it all because it really does cover everything. And with the tuning fork, just you're putting that vibration right to the, to the spot Correct. that might need some kind of... This direct vibration yes, if you have a sore muscle. ease things up. Mm-hmm. And the other is just the sound. You can put them to your ears. There's protocols for uh, for using the tuning forks for different issues, whether it's anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of uh, instruments do are used mm. for sound baths? I mean, we talked briefly about, uh, well, we talked about the gongs pretty extensively, but um, there I've seen white crystal bowls and then... Uh, there were some very clear kind of uh, mm-hmm, bowls. Mm-hmm. Do those have the same purpose? Do they do the same kind of thing? 
They all have slightly different tones and vibrations to them. So some have a more clear sound, some have a deeper tone. I mean, we're trying to create a layer of vibration and sound. So there is an artistic element to it as well. Certainly, like I said, we come in in spring, we're going to come in with an intention for something more light and bright and all of that kind of stuff. So there is this artistic piece to it for sure. Um, And they all have different ways that you can use them i think it becomes more specific in the private sessions where for example i played um for a quite quite a a bit of time in the sound bath a handheld singing bowl and i'm you're able to walk around with those and really it's something kind of unique that ann and i do in our sound baths i have seen it before but not to the extent is that we actually travel the room and we bring the instruments to people and we're putting them directly over your body. We're swinging the little handheld gong over your body, the singing bowl, you know, we're using that. So that one in particular is tuned to the heart chakra and really helping to like open up the space of the heart. And so intentionally I'm using that around the heart, working the halo, you know, this area around the body. Um, to kind of tap into that energy of gratitude and love and all of those Mm -hmm. beautiful things. So um, we can use that more specifically in a one-on-one session, which becomes like a mini, I always say it's kind of like getting a spa session, a therapy (laughs) session, and a massage. You know what I mean? It's like you feel so amazing when you come out of it. Plus you get that heavily meditated (laughs) (laughs) feeling when you when you come out so it's a it's a pretty cool thing we just surround you with the instruments and you know and one of the handhelds that i is c note which is for your root chakra so Mm -hmm. i'm usually waving that toward the root as well and some of the clear uh crystal or bowls that you saw um those are specific for resonant sound and those are usually used more toward the end of the sound because we've stirred things up and now we want to bring everything back down so those are more resonant tones and in, in those notes i've um in past sound baths i've heard that uh you know the sound baths will bring up emotions mm-hmm. um and uh help maybe flush them through or at least bring them to the forefront and you know you you get an opportunity to see them and maybe you know let it let it go uh are there certain things that you would do in a sound bath to try to Uh, get to try to compel that to happen? I mean, I would say that no, Okay. (laughs) you're just, you're just letting whatever happens happen. So if you've ever tried to create an experience, you know, sometimes that that is, I mean, especially when you're talking about an energetic experience, you can't really chase that or create that. Mm -hmm. It's really just allowing for Mm -hmm. whatever passes through you can recognize it you know you don't have to figure it all out that's the beautiful thing you might feel like a wave of sadness at a certain sound Uh, one of them that really brings stuff up for people and the first time i heard it i was like what was that (laughs) (laughs) are the little chimes we play at the end that are called the koshis for me that takes me like back to my childhood but not the you know childhood stuff you don't want to remember it takes me to the beautiful experience of childhood and it's so healing for me to like have that it's not even a memory it's not a memory it's just a feeling of being a child and being light and happy and free it does give that yeah that that feeling Yeah. yeah and so a lot of people feel that way when they hear that so it can evoke certain things and you don't have to figure it all out you don't have to go and like you know, you can journal. That's great if you're called to do that. But also you can just let it pass through. And, you know, whatever healing takes place, we always say be grateful for whatever greater healing takes place. 
When you do a um, an individual sound bath, is it usually to address a particular issue that the person is having, uh, or is it more of a overall general helping them to feel better? Mm-hmm. When I do a private session, I take a few minutes to talk with them beforehand and ask, you know, is there a specific reason you're here today, or, wh- or what do you want to get out of today? Um, I do uh, an assessment once they're on the massage table with sound to see if there's an energy that's too much or too low, and I can find blockages that they didn't weren't aware of. How, and um, how do you measure that? How do you perceive that? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, so I have a specific bowl that is one of my first Tibetan bowls, metal bowls that I purchased, uh, and it's. It's part of me, and so I know the sound of it very well. Uh-huh. And so when I run it across the body, and just by listening and the tone going up or the uh, tone going down. Uh-huh. And that's without touching the person, but just... Correct. I just hit it and just gently go across the body, and I do it several times to make sure that it's not something else that I'm hearing, uh-huh. uh, and do that through the whole body. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really amazing. So yeah. the person's energy coming off of them affects the bowl's sound. Exactly. And then you can feel like, oh, okay, there's a spot. And each person can use a different bowl to assess, but for me it's the Tibetan bowl. Yeah. Um, Adrian, I actually did a sound bath in your studio. Either it was in February 2021 or... Uh, I think it was, yeah. Okay, because I, I remember like, yeah. it was really cold that yeah. night. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and it was definitely during COVID. So yeah. I, okay, so February 2021. Yeah. And I just remember that uh, we spent a lot of time doing some sort of uh, pranayama breathing mm-hmm, beforehand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what effect does that have? Yeah. Uh, is it a separate kind of thing than the well, sound bath? Or is it sort of... Uh, preparatory because we didn't do one Sunday yeah, and yeah. I understand it was a pretty crowded room yeah. so it made sense well it just depends I mean you can have these different intentions right so that was a private group that came in right yeah and um you know I know I know the person who arranged it very well I know that he loves to do that breathing and I had asked him you know what he wants to do so certainly doing some, just think about, I'm going to liken it back to meditation again. So if you sit down, if you're just like, I'm going to plop down and meditate, it can be very challenging. you got the wiggles, you're distracted, mm-hmm. but you do a little breathing exercise before you sit down to meditate and, you know, you can be right there. So it is a, um, something that you can do to help to facilitate, you know, a clearing of the space. We don't, in a lot of the group sound baths we don't um necessarily do the breathing sometimes we do it just depends again on the intention but also you know for time we you know you have to decide like how are you going to use your time so certainly doing some breath work before i do that a lot in my private sessions too is you know we come up with um a plan, exactly like Anne said. I use uh, my handheld, I use my heart chakra bowl, for, but the same exact way. Oh, you do? Okay. Looking for uh-huh. the change in tones and vibrations. Um, and then that will help, you know, speaking with the person. That's why I said it's like a mini therapy session too. So I actually had a very profound experience about a month ago. I had someone who had lost her father. And um, she wasn't able to go and be there for the funeral. And she was just feeling like super guilty and like I, maybe I should have, you know, all of this stuff. And so the intention in that sound bath was really to give her the opportunity to honor her father. 
And I mean, it was just a crazy experience. So we started out the sound bath and we were talking about, um, we were talking about the air element and, you know, like all of these different things. And the sun was setting, it was this gorgeous sunset. And I was using the primarily the heart tones because I wanted her to really like let her heart, you know, kind of have space to grieve. And grief is the um, emotion of the heart chakra. So, you know, I was really focusing on that. And the element that goes with the heart chakra is air. So there's all these different things coming in. About 30 minutes into the session, I mean, the wind just started to howl. Wow. It was going crazy out there. <laughs> in fact, I think we might have lost a tree that night. You know, it was like one of those crazy windstorms. And I actually had to pause for, you know, a moment and the and just breathe a little bit because I felt the pre- I felt like and I'm not I'm not usually this kind of person believe me I'm not like a really woo right. kind of person okay but I was like real. I was like there is a presence here it was crazy wow. but it was so beautiful and she was able to process and grieve and I said I really believe that your dad came to you tonight and, mm. and, you know, just said, I, this is your moment to honor him. So who knows, you yeah. know, what's going on, but it's very special, it's yeah. very, very special work. We're both so grateful yes. to do this work. It's incredible. Did, um, the, the woman also feel the presence of her father in the room? She definitely said she felt like he said, you know, I'm releasing you, you know, oh, wow. and yeah, it was incredible. So that's, I can't promise that every time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a pretty spectacular moment. Uh, the intention was there. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we were, you know, talking about breathing techniques, um, are there particular breathing techniques that are are you know good for certain things and and uh, others that are good for other things? Absolutely. I mean, I've heard of this um, breathing technique called the Wim Hof mm. method. That's the one that you did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one that you did the night that you were there uh, yeah. for the private sound bath. Yeah, I mean, the Wim Hof breathing method is not a traditional yogic breathing exercise. Wim Hof is a a Dutchman who holds the world record for swimming underneath the ice. And he is the, you know, he's the ice man. He teaches people how to do um, the cold water uh, immersions and things like that. So this is the technique he um, developed. He's a yogi, like he's been a yogi for 40 years or something. So it's definitely very yogic like um, in the breathing technique, but it really is one that's very empowering. You feel energized, but you also have this calm and clarity that goes with it and you really feel like empowered. I use it a lot before meditation. I use it before I go into the lake in February. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Did you go into the lake that day when you did? No, 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 it wasn't wasn't, uh, a good thing. It was pretty cold that night, but uh, I, I you know, Right. I, I've heard it being used to allow you to really hold your breath for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think that guy in The Octopus Teacher was, was using oh, it in yes. that movie. Yeah, I, oh, that. I love that yeah. movie. And, um, and there's a recent book, I want to say it's called Breathe or Breath, where they talk about different breathing techniques yeah. and and how it can have transformative effects. Oh, absolutely. Um, very, very powerful. I mean, we say like 
the yoga, the, the exercises, which are called asanas, yeah. um, that, you know, those are wonderful, obviously moving the energy, poses the poses and, and all uh-huh. of that stuff. But, you know, the bre- if I had to pick one, the breathing exercises or the postures, oh, I would take the breathing exercises every time. They're a thousand times more powerful than, you know, than the energy that moves from the physical postures. Right. But they all go together. Like we want to make our bodies strong and open. We want our minds calm and strong and centered. You know, we want to we want to be anti-fragile. And the Wim Hof breathing and this meditation technique that we do, all of these healing practices are to help you, in my opinion, to become more anti-fragile. So, you know, we don't want to be fragile. We don't want to feel like we're going to break at every emotional thing that happens in our life, at every challenge. We don't want our knees, you know, to like break when we sit down to meditate. You know, we want to be able to keep getting up and down off the floor. You know, I have an amazing um, woman. She's 83. She comes to class twice a week. And, you know, I hope and pray that I move like she does. She's, you you would, when she's in down dog, you would think she's a 30 year old, you know, you can't tell. So we do a lot of these practices to be more anti-fragile. So that means that we're more strong, we're more healthy, we're more whole, more centered, our relationships are better, become more skillful at life. Well, I've heard that, um, that the asana yoga, which is the exercise that everyone knows is yoga. Uh, well, that's only one arm of yoga. There's uh, eight arms of yoga, seven eight arms. Limbs. Yeah, yep. eight limbs of yoga. And the asana is just one of them. Um, but I understand that that was originally um, you know, created in order to get your body um, ready for sitting and being able to meditate. Absolutely. And then it was you know, more about being able to meditate to be able to hit these other limbs of yoga that are kind of overlooked these days. It's number three of the eight. Mm -hmm. So um, there are so many different ways to practice yoga. And I'm going to, if Anne would like to, and I'm assured that she does, she will, because she loves this practice. (laughs) But, you know, there's different kinds of of asana practices as well. And Anne teaches a really meditative, beautiful, it's much less about the physical postures, although it is sneaky hard. (laughs) 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 But it's a lot of chanting and breathing. And will you share a little bit about that? Because it's... Yeah, that's Kundalini yoga. Kundalini, Kundalini okay, yoga. I've yes, heard of that. Yes. I never quite understood what it is, so I'm really glad you're going to talk <laughs> about it. A lot of people. Uh, <laughs> it is considered the yoga of awareness. And as Adrian said, it's not you're not doing down dogs. I mean, how you can, it could be part of a warm-up. Uh-huh. But it is a repetitive movement for three minutes. Everything is timed. And during the hour that we're together is called a Kriya. And a Kriya is a set of postures, exercises, in a specific order. For a specific amount of time for a specific purpose so it could be for depression it could be for anxiety it could be to expand your aura uh, it could be a morning sadhana morning practice uh, and so it is awakening the energy and moving the energy through your body and the difference between kundalini and the other uh, yogas is the chanting also mudras which are the hand positions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. yes mm-hmm. And it's a movement that might be repetitive in nature, but it is considered the household yoga, meaning anyone could do it. Yeah. So it it's doesn't very require um, any particular fitness or anything Nothing. like that. No, nope, no. Nope. And so you were saying that you could have uh, one Kundalini, and maybe I misunderstood mm-hmm. this, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you could have one Kundalini class and uh, Kriya mm-hmm. with uh, for the purpose of of addressing depression. 
and then that has several different um, it could have, things in that yeah, class. It could have 10 different postures that creates this entire Kriya for the purpose, yeah, whatever okay. it may be. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like it's very specific. Unlike a regular yoga class, which it can is. get a little free form. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Uh, and we talk about that in the beginning of the class of what this Kriya is. Uh, we talk about the postures and why this is tailored toward that. Um, there are over 8,000 Kriyas, and they're not in any book anywhere. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. You <laughs> they're have not to, in a book? No. <laughs> oh, man. They've but... been, they came over, Kundalini came over in the 60s, and they and just no started writing Started writing them down, and you can find them. They're organizations. Uh-huh. 3HO is one and some others as well. But um, yeah. yeah, it's actually a very traditional mm-hmm. style of yoga that's just kind of regaining popularity. So, it, you know, there was a yogi who, who was told by his master, to come over to the West and teach the, you know, the Westerners this um, Kriya Yoga. Mm -hmm. And, but it it really is just yoga, you know, I mean, this is, he was a yoga master Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's, it's really just so interesting. But I think the reason I wanted Anna to talk about that, first of all, it's amazing. And I'm not, now after this program, I'm going to make sure I get her back on (laughs) the schedule for, for doing her next. She just wrapped up a series at the collective um, and it's just awesome. I love taking it, but, um, the, the, it's just a different way to practice. I think people have this idea that yoga, these things you have to twist yourself into a pretzel. You have to, how many people say, I can't go to yoga cause I'm not flexible. Oh, every oh, time. You're, you're yeah. People are always saying that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And this is such a you different way. You come to yoga way. to be, get flexible. Right. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or to be uh, inflexible, right. to, to remain inflexible like myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really it's about the flexibility of the mind. And mm. I find Kundalini yoga, the intention is to just move energy right? That we have these, this energy in our spine and there's ancient texts in yoga, right? That talk about a yogi is one who has energy in, in their spine. So just think about how scattered we are in our daily lives. Like we don't, you know, we're not sitting around in caves meditating all day. You know, it's like we have really crazy lives that are very outward focused. So that means our energy is also outward focused and very scattered. So what really the yogic practices are doing is gathering up all of that scattered energy, concentrating it back into the center of your spine, Mm -hmm. right? For the specific purpose of connecting to your source. Which is what yoga needs, yoking. Yes, um, and the union mm-hmm. of the mind, body, and, and the spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really we're just trying to reconnect to our source, and that source is different for everybody. I actually said this in my class today, like, you know, it could be nature, it could be the collective consciousness, it could be, you know, like thinking of like Mother Earth or the Holy Mother, or God, you know, everyone has a different way that they look at their source energy. And there is no right or wrong. It's very personal. What do you want to connect to? You know, what is your source that you draw from? And, you know, really what we're trying to do is remember ourselves, the truth about ourselves, no matter what kind of yoga or sound bath or anything that you're doing, we're trying to remember that according to yoga, we are already whole and perfect exactly as we are. And it's, we forget because we're looking outward and we're scattered. So we draw this energy in, we let you feel that. And then you're like, Oh, I remember, I remember this feeling. I remember that beautiful childhood moment as the bells (laughs) are ringing, you know? Well, we're also building up these (laughs) egos we have over our whole lives, building up these egos to protect ourselves. And we don't need that protection, you know? And, uh, it just forces us, it, it results in us 
saying things that we don't uh, that aren't helpful that are perpetuating arguments and things like that but uh, the yoga the sound healing helps um, break that down and uh, push that away yeah it helps it to dissolve so there's laya yoga is the yoga of dissolving and so as you're laying there in that sound bath and your body just sort of disappears and you just become this vibration you know you're just dissolving all of that away and for that beautiful moment and as you practice the moments that you remember who you truly are become longer and longer and longer maybe it's only a couple minutes and you bust out a yoga class and someone cuts you off and you're already (laughs) but you know what after a few years you know you're just like have a nice day and wave (laughs) breathe deep and uh, let it pass and um, one thing that you had said uh, made me think that that uh, when it comes to energy healing and uh, Reiki, it it sounds like what you're what you're able to do, what you're doing, is concentrating that energy that just gets you know distributed all over the place, and and uh, and when you're concentrating that energy, that's when you're able to you know make uh, or help with healing and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, focusing it like that. Absolutely. Uh, so you've talked about the collective and uh, wanted to get a better so what is it and uh, where is it what kind of things do you do there <laughs> well um the collective was born of an idea of having a space that was really a little bit more free and open than a traditional gym or yoga studio you know we like to say i mean we're a small studio so we get to know everyone really well and everyone kind of becomes family and probably half the people have like the code to get (laughs) you know I mean yeah we all help each other out and that was really the idea of it but I was you know thinking more specifically of like a lot of yoga teachers in the area you know it's not everyone can or wants to open their own brick and mortar space and I really didn't think I did either but (laughs) it happened (laughs) how long is it how long have you had it so we were about five and a half years so we opened in Actually, Fourth of July weekend, we had our five-year anniversary wow. last July. So, um, what we, was in there before? It's uh, kind of a funky little building. Yeah. So we actually started out in the Arts District. We were in a building, an old building in the Arts District. We had intended to purchase that building, and when that didn't work out, we decided like we needed to to move um, locations. So uh, that was a family business. So it was an actually a machine shop, oh, not the I area see. that the yoga studio is in. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen the gym. Yeah, just, there's a so, doorway to that. Yeah, that was actually, they were doing like some kind of machine work in there, and we had to do a lot of cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cleaning. Deep cleaning when we, we came in there. But um, it is a, a really cool mid-century modern building. I think 1962 yeah, is, is when like it that. was um, built. And the whole building has a cool story around it, too. It's like a family that owns it. The the um, guy who kind of runs it now at the family trust, his dad was the one who had that business, but his uncle was the architect who designed and oh, built that wow. building. It has a little bit of like a Frank Lloyd Wright feel. Definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a really modern. cool space. Um, we're right on the Pawpaw River, and it's um, like just over 25 acres is what oh, the property uh-huh. is. So it's it's a little piece of nature. You know, we hear the birds, and we actually yeah. saw eagles out in the tree the other day. Um, so that's really sweet and where we can, we can that's run, amazing. walk or run over to Lake Michigan to do our cold water jumps. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're right near, um, the Harbor Shores. Uh, yeah, we're right near Harbor Gulf Shores. Coast. And, um, so it's just a really sweet spot. 
And I have a partner, Luke Andreessen. He um, he's the strength training master, and he has a lot of experience in kettlebells and body weight training. And um, he's also ex-military, so he trained uh, SEALs in the military, and so he has that background. But we do not do boot camp style. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Everything is very meditative and very thoughtful in the way that we do that. So oh, it, nice. we realized. Um, when Luke got back from Afghanistan, he came to me, we worked together at another facility and he said, I, I'm really pretty messed up. Like I need some yoga. And I'm like, well, I've got a messed up shoulder if you want to trade because (laughs) I need some rehab. (laughs) So we started trading and we realized like, it's really important. These two things that go together, you know, the mental, emotional, and then of course the flexibility in the body. And then, um, a lot of yogis, you know, kind of shy away from the strength aspect. So it really transformed my yoga practice when I started doing mindful Mm. strength training. So, um, we actually have, I'll just mention it now since you asked, but we have a special for January and we're a very small studio, so we don't do things like this very often, but we decided that, you know, we want to just invite people back, you know, to be in group classes and exercise and do yoga and meditation. So we're offering a special January of 22 for 22 bucks. And that's, that's all. great. It's really, really <laughs> And cheap. that's unlimited classes? <laughs> <laughs> unlimited group classes wow. just for that month. And it's only for, for new students. So if you haven't yeah. been to the collective before, we're just inviting people who want to come and check it out who maybe haven't had the opportunity. And, you know, we love giving back to our community. Like, we do, we're doing this and Anne is the same way. You know what I mean? Like, of course we have a business and we have to pay our rent and all of that stuff. But really this is for, for about us giving back to our community. We want our community to be, to be healthy and whole and, you know, all of those wonderful things. So this really is our opportunity to give something back. And what's the, um, uh, the web, the, the URL for the, for the website? It is rebel, like a rebel, <laughs> <laughs> unsurprisingly, probably yeah. rebel co-op co dash op. So it's a, it's a co-op for rebels. <laughs> Great. And, um, as a co-op, I think you started mentioning that, uh, you wanted to have a place for teachers who might not have their own spaces. Yeah. And so, um, do you have guest teachers and things yeah. like that coming through as well? We do. So, you know, originally I had thought that, you know, we'd have more people who were just looking for like, oh, I, we, there was a place in St. Joe that had this rental space for teachers and it closed down. Now it's a, a microbrewery. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that I was thinking like, we really need that. But yeah. really in the end, it turned out more of being just like a few individuals who wanted to, you know, come together and work and work together. So, but we do, um, that's Anne teaches uh, series at the collective. She teaches Kundalini series. She does the sound series, sometimes uh, sound so, baths sound and sound healings and things like that. So um, we open that up for other people as well. And we always have a lot of, I mean, I teach a lot of um, certifications. So I have a 200-hour yoga teacher training that oh, wow. starts in uh, on January 14th. It's a lot so, of time. And how long does it, I mean, 200 hours is uh, 40 hours a week for uh, <laughs> well th- you know there's a five weeks? just like yeah. there's a lot of ways to do sound healing there's a lot of ways to do yoga teacher training so some people have you know like really sort of quick and dirty you know a lot of hours in a short mm-hmm. amount of time I prefer to let it unfold a little bit more slowly so yeah. we start in January and we end in June um, so there, and we really go through, that gives us time to go through each one of the chakras. We highlight that energy. And of course you're going to learn how to teach yoga, but it's really, um, 
that's kind of the secondary piece. Right. It's really a journey of yeah. of yourself. And not and not everyone wants to be a yoga teacher. They might want to know more about yoga and all the different parts of it, but not everyone wants to actually teach oh, yeah. yoga. And so that sounds like a good opportunity for someone Absolutely. who just wants to deepen their practices. Yeah. If you want a life cleanse, you know, because we really talk about this as going through and cleaning up your energy in each of the centers. And we do it through practical life stuff. So, you know, it's really awesome. Wow. I'm very proud of it. This is my, it will be my 10th um, teacher training, yoga teacher awesome. training. So, I, yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and and Anne, uh, what uh, kind of other things do you do? You Kundalini and the Reiki and the sound and so, healing. Yeah. And, uh, and I know you from Yoga Life, so mm-hmm. um, you, I know you have a presence there. Yeah, we uh, do sound baths there as well as the Kundalini series. Uh, we've done that as well. That's sort of, I usually do that as a four-week series. Uh, so just got to be looking for it. Uh, the Kundalini is a yeah. four-week series. Yeah, because yeah, it sounds like there's so many different things that it could accomplish Absolutely. based on the, the different Kriya. What did you say? 800 Kriyas? 8,000. 8,000 Kriyas. Yeah, we did one at the collective for Veterans Day, and the Kriya was oh. releasing fear. It was oh, so, so amazing. Yeah, it was yeah, really nice. powerful. Yeah. Powerful for that. I just want to tag on what uh, Adrian said. Like, when I did my 200-hour training, I wanted to be a yoga teacher. Yeah. And I went to Asheville Yoga Center, and I did three weeks every day for six days from eight to five. So it was very intense. There were like 35 of us, but half of them just went through because they wanted to deepen their knowledge of yoga and it was life-changing. So I encourage anyone that is interested because it is, it's life-changing just to go through the program. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Pretty special. Well, uh, I'm thank you again. Uh, Adrian White and Ann Campbell are, have joined us today to talk about sound healing, yoga, Kundalini, uh, energy, Reiki. Yeah. What a pleasure. Uh, thanks again. And this is John Goldman, and you've been listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. And we're at uh, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer. And thanks again. Take care.